excited to be with you this morning to share some good stuff that's going on this morning um, and the things that are coming ahead of us. Um, we are coming right off, literally right off a week of camp. We got back in about 2 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, it's been fantastic. No, I have not completely cleaned the sand out of all the places that sand got while we were at Fort Walton Beach, Florida uh, this past week. But uh more of that to come here in just a few minutes. I'll share some of the good stuff that's come from that. But I want you guys to know, okay, this is the direction moving forward, okay? Here at Shannon Oaks Church, we desire in the youth ministry to partner with parents in engaging students and spiritual leading students in their lives, all right? Now, you heard that correct. Me as a youth pastor, I want to partner with you parents to continue to push your students further and further and deeper and deeper in relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? And there's a thousand ways that we're going to get in. Not this morning, Roger. Easy, buddy. Okay, a thousand ways we're going to get into this, all right, over the course of the next year and lifetime to come. But I'm going to share some highlights here with you. So we desire with parents and leading students in deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. A few of those are these, okay? I, I am not a youth pastor that loves being driven by events, all right? I am actually probably the opposite. To me, it's the day-to-day grind that gets me going, all right? But every now and again, you got to get that real good surcharge, right? you gotta, you got to put the battery pack on, and you've just got to get jacked up for the Holy Spirit. And for us, those are the events of Elevate Youth Conference, Silver Springs Work Camp, and Church Camp. All right, And so just to touch on those real quick to give you some info on those, Elevate Youth Conference is actually something that the Lord kind of breathed into me three years ago. And so we had one back in 2016, and we had our, uh, our second one this past January, and that's hosted here at Shannon Church. In January, we had 11 churches, just over 200 students from around the community come together for a conference that was engaged uh, in simply learning about Jesus and learning on how to share Jesus, okay? It was, it was more evangelistical driven, okay? Um, that was hosted here at St. Oaks Church, and we were super grateful to be a part of that uh, and leading that. And then we're excited to say that we're going to do it again next year. And hopefully at this point, it's going to be an annual event, which will always come the weekend leading up to Martin Luther King, okay? Uh, it's just a good weekend in the youth world to do it because the students got all day Monday that they'll be off of school. They can rest, relax, and recoup, all right? Those are my three R's. But anyways, beside the point... <clears throat> That was accidental anyways. Uh, They get to come and learn and worship. They go to school together. They can worship together, right? That's what we're all about, okay, community, all right? So then in Silver Springs Work Camp in June, always first week of June, we're excited. It's going to come up uh, next year. We're we're still a year out, but it's going to be incredible, all right? The first full week of June, Monday through Thursday, uh, we get together with 15, 16 youth groups, from in and around the area and a couple other smaller community areas, uh, you know, about 30-minute drive, uh, get together and we go and we do much, much more than this, but we go out and we paint houses uh, for people that are in need, all right, that have a general need for this. We go out and we share the gospel with these people. We share the love of Christ for these people. Um, we have 15 students and leaders at a house for three straight days painting a house, loving on this homeowner, inviting that homeowner to dinners, inviting that homeowner to come worship with us. And uh, we're about to begin a process of continuing keep in touch with those homeowners. You know, it's like, oh, cool, hey, paint your house, let's have a meal, let's worship, and then we never talk to you again. That's what we want to get away from, right? We want to, get, we want to move into relationships. We want to move into, most of these people are unchurched. 
Um, and so these are the people that we try to reach out to and share Christ's love with. And we want to continue that, okay? So if you're interested in all and continuing that, what I mean by that is that could literally be you making a phone call. Betsy Lou, who is 76 years old and is a widow and let us paint her house for Silver Springs Work Camp. And you can just tell her, hey, just got to thinking about you, wanted to follow up from work camp, just tell you that we love you. I'd love to take you to dinner sometime. It'd be awesome. Let's just get out and have a good time. Continue our relationship with these people who need people in their lives, right? Everybody needs people. Anybody want to do this by themselves? That's what I thought. I'd have called you a liar, Okay. We need people. We need relationships, right? And that's what Christ desires for us is that we would build the kingdom of heaven up, right? As iron sharpens iron, okay? Um, so at Silver Springs Work Camp, we are just so blessed to be a part of that um, and, and definitely looking forward to how the Lord's going to use that in years to come. And every year, uh, we go to church camp in July. And this year, we went to Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Uh, we took 40 uh, people with us. And yeah, Fort Walton Beach is 12 hours away. Um, and yes, it was a good time on the vans. Fantastic. Awesome. Blessed. Smelly. I mean, it was a great time. Absolutely, without a doubt, all joking aside, would not have traded last week for anything in the world, all right? Um, we took a great group of students and an even better group of leaders, no offense students, uh, to Fort Walton and had an awesome time worshiping every morning and every evening with about 2,000 other students uh, and then getting to spend time together at the hotel during the day and at the beach. Uh, Jeremy beat us all in go-karts, whatever, but... I did take home the gold prize in uh, putt-putt. But you saw the picture there of my little nephew, Tate, holding up number one. Tate had two hole-in-ones. Hole number one gets up, boom, hole-in-one, and we're like, we're about to get spanked by a sixth grader. That's what's going to happen. None of us, me, Jeremy, or Dawson, Draper, none of us had a hole-in-one. Grown men, played golf all our lives, and sixth grader, not two. It's crazy. Anyways, Holy Spirit can do crazy things in kids' lives, right? Um, but we had an awesome time. We had a lot of fun. But let me tell you a little bit about the worship experience, right? Because that's what we really went for, right? Man, as a group, I, I, what I always have loved about, and this is, there's, there's fingerprints of this at every youth group. What I super love about Shannon Oaks Youth is the way that they worship together. The way that they worship as a family is incredible, all right? When we go to places like this where there's 2,000 other people, and you can look up at any given time, and we had a couple of girls that would go over here to the side in the back of the, the auditorium where nobody else was, and they would just sit there and relentlessly worship and praise the name of Jesus. Students that would be a part of the group that ran up and just relentlessly exert energy and bouncing and jumping and raising their hands, exerting the name of Jesus. God, you are every, I'm exalting your name from where I am all the way to heaven's gates, just absolutely giving everything they have in worship. We had students that would sit and, and read their Bible during worship and just pray and meditate on the word. And we had students that would just stand in their seats and worship the Lord with all they have. Students grabbing other students and walking over to a quieter spot in the auditorium. And all of you guys said, amen. Uh, walked over and said, and said, hey, hey, something's going on in your life. I, I, need, to, I need to just pray with you. I can just feel there's some kind of God's, God's telling me to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And students just following what the Lord is leading in their lives and being submissive to what he says, that is what it's all about. And so I'm here to tell you, the student ministry of Shannon Oaks Church is going to be one of the most, if not the most, impactful ministry of Shannon Oaks Church. Why? Because these kids are not going to let up off the gas pedal 
much like Jeremy did when we were go-karting. They will not let up on following Jesus. I encourage you to do the same. And here in a minute, I'm going to encourage you in some ways that you can do that in their lives. Okay, So that's a little bit about what our year looks like uh, with, with the big events. Let me tell you about my favorite stuff, the months to months, the week to weeks. In the daily grind, all right? So if you're a youth leader in the room, stand up. I know Chad and Stephanie are over here. Anybody else standing anywhere? Where are we at? John, I'm my girl. She always be trying to hide. <laughs> these guys, these guys are the real MVPs. Let me tell you about it, okay? Because if it was just me, it would be pretty ugly, all right? That, that, I'm just being honest with you. I, could do, I can do the work of the Lord, Israel. I can do it. Okay, I'll do it. But dadgummit, we're better together, right? Copyright is loose. Okay. We are so much better together. It's, it's just insane. All right? Every one of these youth leaders does something immeasurably better than I can do it. And, and if they didn't use it for the kingdom of heaven, man, the Lord would not be near, excuse me, near as glorified, all right? Um, we had these leaders... Uh, most of them went to camp with us. These leaders drove through the night uh, to camp to have a great time. These leaders sponsored students uh, to go to camp. And, and there's a lot of people in this room that sponsor students as well. And we great, gratefully thank you so much for that. Um, these leaders week to week get up here every Wednesday night. Okay, I actually, I've got a little notepad, not because I'm keeping up with them, because I want to I honor them in this. Okay, I don't know if Carrie and Jennifer Allen knew, but Carrie and Jennifer Allen, husband and wife, they missed four Wednesday nights from January 1st to right now. Four Wednesday nights collectively. Not, not both of them, but four Wednesday nights. Okay? Drew Bell has missed two Wednesday nights and is also most of the time in the booth every single Sunday morning service, which I believe this morning he's actually on security. Oh, never mind, he slid up in here. Most of the time he's on security duty, he slid up in here. Two, week to week. I'm talking weeks from now all the way dating back to January 1. Guys, these people are stinking committed, right? And let me tell you something. The kingdom of heaven is better because of it, all right? We got somebody to keep us grounded like John O.S. Keeps us, keeps us young, right? Okay? She'll, she'll slap a hand real quick. But guys, I don't think you understand what I'm saying here. God has moved in them in a way that they don't give a rat who is up here leading. They just want to serve the Lord and have felt called to student ministry and said, I don't care what it takes I'm going to jump on the boat, and I'm not going to stop till the boat hits the shore. And even then, we're going to jump out and party on the sand, okay? And these guys are a great, not just the, the few that I mentioned. These guys are the examples that I want to tell you. The Lord is doing something in your life that is calling you to the next level in, servant, in servanthood. He is. And so I'm encouraging you right now, find where, where is it that I can jump up and serve? Where is it that I can and lend my time for the kingdom of heaven? A lot of you guys are already doing that. I'm just telling you, these guys go above and beyond the call of duty. And it is so, so grateful. And so for that, guys, I could not 
do it without you. Don't want to do it without you. Okay? And because of you, God is moving so much further in students' lives than I could ever uh, and, and have it as a leader of the youth ministry. But parents are better because of you, because of your support, because of your love. Um, and so, seriously, thank you so much, church. Let's give them the round of applause that they deserve. Thank y'all. I didn't really realize I was clapping so loud in this microphone, so I apologize for that. My opportunity as a youth pastor is to complement your influence in the leadership of your students, parents. As I do what I'm called to do, this is what I'm going to encourage you to do. Do what you're called to do. And that is to lead your students with love, encouragement, and grace in their relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the most common misunderstandings these days is sending your kids to children's church, sending your kid to, to youth group, um, and just expecting your youth pastor to fix all their problems, right? Hey, hey, uh, Rachel calls me up. Hey, she would never call me and say this, but Rachel calls me up and say, hey, I'm just having a disrespect attitude coming from little Dean. Like, is there any way you could fix that for me before you send him back from Wednesday night? <laughs> You're daggum right, I can. I mean, I'm, just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But she would never do that. Why? Because, let me tell you what, I'd probably be calling her, yo, yo, little Dean has got a disrespect problem. Will you fix that before you send him back next Wednesday night? Rachel is someone who I can commend on. She leads her students, as well as Big Dean, she leads her students in intimate relationship with Jesus. Does that mean little Dean or Dawson are, are going to be perfect kids? Absolutely not. I know. Okay. <laughs> Dawson, pick your head up. Stop laughing at me. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. But what it does mean is when we fall short, we have someone there to lovingly encourage us back in the right direction. All right? And that's what it's all about. So parents, let me just settle the score once and for all. I ain't your babysitter. All right? Now, that doesn't mean I don't love spending time with your kid because I do. But, but I'm, not your, I'm not your babysitter. I'm not the one that you just which I haven't had any parent do it yet, float me a 20 and tell me to watch the kids for a couple minutes, all right? There are donation boxes at the back. No, I'm just kidding. That's a total joke, all right? Don't get slapped in the face by a Bible here. But Josh Whitlock is not your kid's babysitter, all right? All the 25, 30, however many volunteers are in the kids' ministry right now, those are not your babysitters. You know what those are? Those are, those are people who have decided they would take time. These leaders are people that would take time to invest in your student for an hour and a half, if the service goes long, on Sunday morning, for two hours on Wednesday night? Where, where, where are you at the other 10, 12 hours a day that you've got them, right? They sleep for, well, my students sleep for about 12 hours a day, so, you know, average law of averages is. During the school year, they go to school, they come back from school, they come to youth group for two hours, you still got them for at least five hours in the afternoon. You got them for the hour and a half in the morning before they go to school. Guys, it, it, you as parents, Scripture speaks, you as parents is your opportunity. Man, it's not a job. You have a responsibility and an opportunity to lovingly encourage and pursue your student for the glory of the Lord and encourage them through all the things they go through. Man, I, I'll use it every single time because I ain't scared. I, I'm so, so sorry for those that didn't have I had the best 
set of parents, all right? And I can vouch for Mandy Godwin that she had the best set of parents, right? Uncle Johnny answering in, props, okay? But, but man, just it doesn't get better than what I had because I had a father who avidly served the Lord and everything he did. He, he was at the, he's, he's one of like the five people that's got the set of keys to every door in the church that isn't on staff, doesn't do anything like that, isn't on the payroll, but just will do anything and everything to serve his church, anything and everything to serve the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He does work. He passes out little booklets to total strangers that shares the gospel and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's incredible. I had a mom that would serve uh, as the, the keeper of the house and supported my dad and all that he did and would pray with us and would get us the things that we needed on a spiritual level anytime we needed anything, all right? I'm not going to take that for granted. I'm, I'm going to thank the Lord for it. I know that that's not the case for most of the people in this room, all right? So a little participation here. How many people in this room came from a broken home in the sense of your parents uh, got a divorce? You grew up with either just one of your parents or with a step-parent of, one, of sort. And, and look around the room, okay? I would say that's probably a, at least 30% of the room, maybe, maybe cracking up to the 40, okay? 40% of the room came from that. Now, that's not to say that you're parent that you lived with was not a Christ follower or anything. You may be where you are today because that one parent invested in you intimately. But here's why I'm saying. There's a large group of students in this room that don't have that. There's a ton of them. How do I know? Because they're my kids. Because they call me dad. Because they call my wife mom. Because they call Jennifer mom. Because they call Lawana mom. Because they call Jonna mom. That's my girl. That is my girl. Now, I, 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 small footnote about John. I don't know if it's because, like, I'm so good that nobody could ever taught me or she has had it with me, but she told me I was the last youth pastor she would serve under. She's either so done with youth ministry because of me or, you know, what I like to think is, you know, I'm just, anyways, just kidding. But, man, there are so many students that grow up in a home that they don't have a spiritual influencer at the house. The, the best two hours of their week comes on Wednesday nights. They, I'm not making this, they've told me this. I've heard this from countless students. People that work at the middle school, people that work at the high school, you've had these conversations with students. This is, Israel's had these conversations with students. Okay, You may be in any kind of profession that en- enables or is allowing you to have conversations with students. And let me tell you something. You know what I'm saying is true. And half of us are doing something about it. Church, it's not enough to sit on your, on, on your chair. It's just not. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's coming. All right? And so here, here's, this is my encouragement. This is not me getting on to you because there was a time somebody had a lot of fire under my butt too, all right? But, but as we grow in our walk with the Lord, we have to be submissive to what the Lord calls us to do. Can't, we can't just grow to where things start getting feeling good in our lives, and then we just kind of, no, 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 I got, I got a good thing going. My time is pretty well, pretty well spent right here. The way that you serve the children of this church is going to be a reflection of your heart. And if you're so distant to, to figure that out, like I'm encouraging you just to do one thing, just to commit. show up at the water games on Wednesday night and just squirt a water hose at somebody. Just see how much fun it is just serving the Lord, 
being silly, being run by. I want to see D. Elliott running out there giving high fives. You know what I'm saying? Like I want, I want somebody just run. I want you on a motorized scooter if you got to, just running around, tripping kids, hitting them with pool. I don't care, okay? But, dude, serving the Lord is so much fun. And let me tell you, these, these leaders would probably agree with me. It's one of the hardest things to, to do. And a lot of you guys have been there. I, I've, I've talked to uh, Roger about the years and years and years, and Pat Penn, years and years and years of youth service that they had. Pat Anderson. I've talked to these people and just, I, can, I know the stories, right? I was... I was there. I was that kid that they would be talking about had I grown up at Shannon Oaks Church, okay? It's one of the hardest things you could ever do. But, man, it's so rewarding. My cup runs over from the blessings that I receive from these students. And I'm encouraging you to just play, play one part of that. Play one small, small, small part of that. In the coming weeks, I'm going to be sending out some stuff to some of you parents uh, a lot of you parents, is there any parent in this room that has a kid that just graduated fifth grade going into sixth grade? Any parent? Cool. All right. I'm already rocking it with y'all. Yep. Okay. I need right there in the back afterwards. Drew. Okay. Got it. I'll, I'll send you an email. Uh, we, we here at Shannon, we want to make this a, a fluent transition from kids ministry to youth ministry. Uh-oh. You singled her out. She's not liking it. We want to make a fluent transition, so I'm going to be in contact with you in the next couple weeks and give you some examples of things that we want to do moving forward to make your life a little bit easier so you're not running around with, that, with all this confusion and transition. But church, I'm going to be calling you too. Uh, same as, I'm, I'm probably not going to burn your phone like Josh does sometimes. He, Josh calls me sometimes like my phone is like fritzing out right now because he's, you know. But we're, we're going to, me and Josh are going to get in contact with you and say, hey, here's an opportunity to serve. Jim Rudin, you gonna do it? You gonna serve? Jim's gonna say yes, all right? Because he's awesome. Kevin, Rachel, Arthur, you guys down for this? Rocking it in kids' ministry right now. Rocking it. Josh brags on y'all all the time, by the way, just for the record. Super, super simple tasks for us to jump in and serve and love the next generation of our church. So, if you will, we're finally gonna get into what really counts, and that's the Bible. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 through 2. We're going to read this together. When you're there, say, I'm there. All right. Now, for all you slow people, now's the time for you to say, I'm there. And if you're like me, you're still like, where's Romans at? Yeah, okay. If you don't have your, your word of the Lord or you don't want to open your phone, Bible app, you can look up on the screen. Here it is. We're going to keep moving. Verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Guys, worshiping the Lord offers a sacrifice to God. Who, who can name one or two things that would be what are you sacrificing as you worship the Lord here on earth? What are you sacrificing? Huh? I'm sorry. I just asked 200 grown-ups a question and got looked at like I'm crazy. Here on earth, what are you sacrificing when you worship the Lord? Time. You guys getting the ball rolling now. Here we go. They all just start flowing here. You're, yep. Effort. Your soul, you, you guys probably don't struggle with this, your, your coolness, 
All right? Huh? How many of you guys lose swagger when you, when you follow the Lord? Yep, the Lord gives you more. Worship offers a sacrifice. Can anybody tell me the definition of grace real quick? <clears throat> Eric, we got to have a conversation later, buddy, because they're not learning anything on Sunday mornings. Amen. Thank you, senior in high school, for answering the question. Grace, receiving something to which you did not deserve. What is mercy? Not getting what you did deserve to receive. Okay, so now we know those things. We're excited because we're going to move forward. We all know exactly what's coming, right? Okay, grace, receiving something you didn't deserve. Mercy, not receiving, some, or not receiving something that you did deserve. And so let me tell you this story because we're in youth ministry. This is awesome. And D. Elliott, don't kick me. This was before we renovated the youth building, okay? Uh, I had a student one time about four years ago that we were playing <clears throat> dodgeball in the youth building and got pretty mad because some crazy youth guy, Jonathan, hit him and knocked him out, all right? So not really thinking about it, okay, this kid just, ah, uh, and kicks this ball. Well, where's the ball go? And where does the ball shatter? A light, all right? Nobody's happy right now, okay? Nobody is excited about what's happening, right? What did this kid deserve? A scolding. Before you answer, he deserved a firm talking to plus a backhand right hand of righteousness, okay? That's what he, that's what he deserved in the moment. And he deserved to pay the money to refix the light and the, uh, the lift that it's going to take to fix those lights. Because for whatever reason, that's a super tall ceiling. They don't make ladders that big, okay? Except on a fire truck. Whatever. That's beside the point. So this kid received 100% mercy in his life in that exact moment. He deserved a lot of stuff and received mercy, okay? Each and every one of us. Each and every day, I'm sure could find some kind of weird little example that we receive mercy, okay? We are constantly doing things that would uh, warrant us either mercy or punishment, okay? That's, that's, that's one way or another. The speaker this week, and I'll tell this story just because the students will resonate with it. The speaker this week told this story when he was like six, seven years old. A babysitter came over, and I'll make this brief, and <clears throat> babysitter, he picked up um, a pen, right, and he was, had this pen that was drawn on stuff and whatnot, and she was like, oh, let's not, let's not mess with that, you know, be too dangerous, all this kind of stuff, and so she walked away, she didn't want him writing all over stuff, right, sitting on the couch, didn't want to write all over stuff, and she walked into the bathroom, went to the bathroom, was gone for, you know, less than a minute, right, all right, and uh, she comes back from the bathroom, and he is just sitting there absolutely stabbing holes in the, uh, in the couch, right, you guys remember this story, stabbing holes in the couch, cushion. So, of course, she freaks out because she's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm fired. They're never calling me back. I probably won't even get paid tonight, okay? So what does she do? What any smart human being would do? Flips the couch cushion, right? <laughs> that's, that's the only thing to do. Just flip the couch cushion. Nobody will ever know, right? So a few months later, the speaker, you know, tells the story. A few months later, mom's cleaning, you know, goes to show, needs to do this more than, you know, once every three months. Flips the couch cushion, pulls it, oh my, good, what, and, I mean, they knew exactly what happened, all right, it was Robbie, they knew exactly what happened. It's been two months, three months, there's no way, they, they can't call Robbie in there and be like, yo, Robbie, I mean, you, you just can't, you can't spank him for three months ago, you know, 
So he, he received mercy in that moment. So each and every one of us have a story of how we have received mercy. And I'm here to tell you, worship stems from the mercies of God. When we are in the places where we realize, hey, I'm not me, myself, I can't, I can't be enough to receive this, this great stuff, right, which would be grace. But I, I'm, I'm not enough to, to do all this on my own. I can't do this on my own. I've fallen. I've failed. Um, I'm not adequate enough. All of these things, we reach out and worship to God because of the mercies that we are desiring to receive, right? And sometimes I lose sight of that. Sometimes I start thinking, it's just going to be there, like, because you, you've received so much mercy over life, it, sometimes it doesn't really resonate like the actual punishment that would occur. Amen. When we come to the Lord, like, we are receiving so, so, so much mercy time and time and time. Could you imagine if Jesus didn't exist and in order for us to go to heaven, we would have to continue uh, offering up sacrifice, 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 sacrifice until literally the end of our life. And then we have to basically give our lives. We would take the cross, right? We would die on the cross so that we could say, ultimately, here I am. Forgive me. I need Jesus. Or I need God. And this is the only way I can do it. So now you've got that scenario. And then you've got what we have, which is every single time we fall short, Jesus is there. And here's what I want to remind you today. Every single time you fall short, Jesus is there. So take that shame and let it go. So take that hurt and let it go. In our moments of weakness, Jesus is enough. Jesus is there. This is why sometimes it's not so easy to say that. Because you've heard, you've heard the saying, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Any of you guys ever heard that? If you can hear me, say yeah. Okay. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So turn now to Matthew 26, 20 through 25. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve. And they were eating, and he said, which praise God for them eating, right? Eating's good. Truly I say to you, say to you, one of you will betray me. 22. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him, one after another, is it I, Lord? And he answered, he who has dipped his hand in the dish with me. Go ahead and flip that next slide there. He who has, flipped, or has dipped his hand in the dish will betray me. And the Son of Man goes as, is, as it is written. But woe is that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better that that man if he was never born. Verse 25, Judas, who would betray him, said, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him. And Jesus says, You have said so. Keep that verse up on, on screen there for a second, Jose, please. I had never noticed this until this week. And some of you great philosophers... Um, great theologian. You guys have probably noticed this when you were my age, right? But right here, what does he say? Is it I, rabbi? Does anybody know what the word rabbi means? Teacher. Now, I've never caught this until this week. 
He doesn't call him what all the other, and, and at times what he has called Jesus himself. He doesn't call him what these disciples call him. He doesn't call him what other people call him, which is Lord. He calls him rabbi. He calls him teacher in this moment. In this exact sentence, Judas says out loud, you're not the Lord of my life. So what, what, what is Judas showing us right here? Let me tell you exactly what he's showing us. Actually, let me back up because I'm about to do what I always do, and that's skip a, skip a phase. What Judas is saying right here is, there's something in my life that I'm not willing to give up to you, and it was probably finances, okay? I mean, we could just, I could speculate there's fine. Why? Because he took an X amount of money to offer up Jesus. So there's a lot more wrong with Jesus, we would agree. But it, it, finances may have been one of those things, right? Because at this time, I mean, who can hold down a full-time job when you're following Jesus around, okay? But he was offered money. He received this money. He took the money in uh, in exchange for the information that they needed to pick up Jesus, right? So at that time, let's just say that finances was Jesus' thing. So finances, that's, that's one of the keys on his keychain. How many of you guys have more than three keys on your keychain? All right. How many of you guys only have one? This was a sheer accident, but it happened, all right? Multiple keys, one key. So I, I know some people, Josh himself, like, and that dude will just straight like clip him on like a pair of gym shorts. I don't know how it's even possible, but he does it. But he's got like 30 keys on his keychain. It's just, I mean, like, and you probably ask him, yo, where does all these go to? I know, for instance, during the pumpkin patch, he took one of them off and used it to start uh, one of the gators or whatever out there that was not the key designed for it, but it worked. He was like, cool, I never use that key anyways. <laughs> We got, some of us have so many keys, not just physically speaking. Some of us have so many keys in our hands for our life. Well, here's my key for my finances. Here's my key for my marriage. Here's my key to the things that I own that could be used for the glory of God, but I want to use them for what I want to use. Here's the key to my kids, um, which, you know, pass those out, right? Here's, here's the key to my, my house. Here's the key to the cows that I own. Here's the key to my tractor, you know, anything. Everything in your life. Here's the key to my pride. Here's the key to my uh, emotions. Here's the key to my happiness. All of these things have keys, right? It's tangible. And we're holding on to so many of these keys. Jesus at this time was holding on to keys instead of giving them all to the Lord. And so we're encouraged here to look at what is being done. And so with that, like we all have so many keys in our lives. Let's look at what Judas is doing here. When he gives up Jesus, when he calls Jesus rabbi, this is what Judas does, and this is crazy. Judas shows us that you can literally be in the presence of Jesus and live with some of the greatest learners ever. Okay, the original 12, let's just call it what it is. Those guys were fishermen that turned into the rock that Jesus built his church on. Okay, those guys went from A to B pretty quickly. All right, we're rhyming all the time up there. Okay, these guys in a hot second, went from being average Joes and some even like people that people didn't like into being the people that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you and I want you to go there for among all the nations, okay? Judas shows us that you can literally be in the presence of God, be in the company of some of the greatest learners ever 
and still be Lord of your own life. Could you imagine, in, in the verse, a couple of verses before that, I think in 23, could you imagine, all of the other disciples are, is it, is it me, God? Was it me, Jesus? Did, am, I, am I the one that would betray you? Is it I, Lord? Is it I? Am I the one that would betray you? It says, one after another, they asked. And Jesus says, oh, well, surely not me, Jesus. As in, surely you don't know the answer to what I've already done. Rabbi, how many of us in some instance looking at Jesus and say, hey, Lord of my finances, thank you so much for the blessings. Hey, Lord of my uh, happiness, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Hey, Rabbi of my marriage, uh, I need some help here. Okay, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not going to be Lord at all in your life. So, what keys do you need to hand over to God? In our lives, there's something going on right now that we need to take this key, we need to, we need to take it off this keychain, and we need to hand it to God. Each and every one of us has, has a moment to sit and, and just think through the areas of our lives that we're keeping from the king. king. Guys, it's totally possible Judas pulled the wool over all of the None of the disciples knew that Judas was the guy. Or they would have been like, one of you guys is going to be Judas, 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 Judas. Right? That would have ratted him smooth out as soon as they possibly could. Probably would have came before that meeting. These guys walked life together. These guys broke bread together. These guys cast out demons together. These guys healed blind people together. These guys healed lame people together. These guys bunked together. They fed 5,000 plus together. And none of them knew that Judas had what it took to betray the Son of Man. How many of us in this room at times, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm just going to do it because I'm positive of me. How many of us at times are the people that are so good at pulling wool over people's eyes? How many of us so often are the people that do the betraying and just hope that nobody ever hears, sees, knows about it? How many of us are holding on to one, two, three, five keys that the Lord is due? Guys, his mercies are anew every day. Okay, and it's only 11-11, so hang tight. His mercies are new every day, and they don't, like, stop at 9 a.m. They don't stop when you roll out of bed. If you haven't prayed before you roll out of bed, you don't get his mercies. you got to wait till tomorrow. God's mercies are new for you today, and they will be tomorrow, and they will be the next day. I'm encouraging us. Let's spend some time this morning just asking God, what are the keys that I need to give you? God, I want to offer my life as a living sacrifice, which is very well pleasing to you because that is my spiritual worship. God, do not let me conform to the things of this world, but let me be transformed by the renewal of my mind. Lord, let me submit my life and never call you rabbi again.
God, be the Lord of my life, whether that is salvation or being Lord of your finances or being Lord of your time, being Lord of your coolness, your happiness. Let's give that up to the Lord this morning. God, you are Lord. You are the reason we sing and worship. May all that we do this morning bring glory, praise, and honor to the one who has given us grace on grace on grace and mercies on mercies on mercies. Lord, as we spend time reflecting this morning, may you just be evident in our lives. We love you. We praise you. In your son's holy name.